Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. We are getting into a very special episode of the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast today. Uh, on Sunday mornings, we're going to begin doing what I'm going to call an esoteric reading of the gospel. And I think this is going to be a great way for us to all collectively understand uh, what I really teach here, what I really believe, what we really get into as a community. Uh, we are a multi-faith, multicultural, multi-orientation community. Uh, we don't care who you're married to, what the color of your skin is, where you do or don't go to church. As long as you're here in love and light and unity, uh, that's exactly what we're here for, guys. So that is the message that I bring over all. Um, look for the fruit in your life, the fruit of love, uh, the fruit of service to others. Um, welcome from Manchester. How are you doing? I hope you're having a beautiful, beautiful day. Uh, welcome over here on TikTok. If you guys have questions, comments, prayer concerns, drop them in the comments at any point. Lynn, thank you for being here, my friend. I hope you're having a beautiful day. So what does esoteric mean? This is where a lot, I lose a lot of people here um, because specifically myself, I was raised in a culture, uh, a part of a bunch of different homeschool groups. Um, nothing against them at all. It just, uh, we had a lot of of the homeschool moms that I remember, not my mom, but other moms that um, the word esoteric, anything to do with magic, anything to do with Harry Potter, anything to do with, um, you know, it was all lumped together, you know, and so it was almost like the word esoteric uh, wasn't even understood for what it really means. It was taken as something that was inherently some sort of evil magic rather than uh, the idea of what it really is. Esoteric is really just the quality of having an inner or secret meaning. The term is correlative. Uh, exoteric were first applied in ancient Greek mysteries uh, to those who were initiated, eso within, and to those who were not, or exo outside, respectively. So it's almost like secret knowledge for those who have experienced it, for those that have been initiated into it. Um, and how are you initiated into this understanding, specifically this reading of the gospel? And what we're going to read today on Sunday mornings, I'm going to just start doing this series. We're literally just going to go, you know, church is going on all around the country. Um, and I wanted to offer something for the people that stay home, the people that maybe have had bad experiences at church. Maybe church just isn't for you. Maybe you've heard the same message over and over and over and you're like, you know, at a certain point, you can only drink the same Kool-Aid over and over and over. So maybe it's time for a, a new uh, understanding of the gospel. And I think going through John is going to be a great way to do that. I want to do it with all the gospels, but we're going to start with John on Sunday mornings um, and really just plug through it every Sunday morning uh, rather than do you know a different theme each week. It's going to be... Um, really just digging into the esoteric side of the gospel. We're going to separate Jesus from the historical person because a lot of people struggle with that. We're going to separate him from the personal savior idea, from the plush pillow Jesus, from the cross on the dashboard. We're going to separate him from all of that, from the evangelical um, 
welcome. Uh, let's see, what's your name? Uh, Josu Castro, welcome. Uh, I was a church boy for years, evangelical. Absolutely, you know, and I grew up Methodist, and then I did a lot of uh, Calvary Church. Um, I've had, uh, in college, I did a lot of evangelical. Um, so with that said, I consider myself uh, a Christian mystic, if you will. Um, and so I look at all cultures, a lot of Eastern religion, and I combine all of that into my understanding because I understand the words that Christ spoke to be very much Eastern philosophy. Um, there's a lot of data to suggest that he went to India, that he went to Nepal, that he studied under these ascended masters, uh, that his uncle Joseph of Arimathea took him on the this grand journey uh, during his you know formative years uh, when he was a young man before he came back and started his ministry. Whether you believe that or not is neither here nor there, but that's just kind of how I approach things. Uh, the more I understand about Eastern philosophies, um, the more I see the Christ within them. And that doesn't mean that it's blasphemy. That doesn't mean that I'm not sharing the message of Christ. I believe in the risen Christ, the living Christ, the entity of Christ, rather than the person of or believing in a certain timeline for my salvation. So uh, if you've followed along in our Book of Enoch series, then um, you understand that there's a lot of different mythologies about the fall of man. Um, the more I understand about those mythologies, the more I question, was it man that fell or was it the gods? And that's where I lose a lot of people too, but I'm just being honest with this this morning. What is up, Annie? How are you doing? I hope you're having a beautiful day. Hyper gaming. Welcome. Uh, Lynn says, please read Genesis 1, 26 through 30, go forth and multiply, multiply, provide substance, your thoughts. Uh, we won't get into that this morning, Lynn. Uh, we are going to stick with the gospel, but I'll try to address that this week for sure. Um, have you ever looked into Universal Templar, Templar Complex? I have not, Robert. Um, I have no idea what that is. You guys you guys know way more than I do. Y'all should be doing podcasts. Um, but, you know, again, this is just my point of view. And so I like the esoteric reading of the gospel because for me, it is more inclusive to more people. And I think one of the problems that we have created with the gospel is that um, it is for a select few who are willing to ignore uh, all of these other data sets and try to blindly believe this one doctrinal theology around it. And for me, that's a problem because I uh, have studied so many different philosophies. I have traveled. I have met a lot of people uh, I have a lot of different people that are attracted to me that are of multi-cultures and multi-faiths. Um, and so, you know, I was just on a trip up in Taos and we had uh, a Hindu family that they came up to us. They took pictures with our dogs. We had a great conversation. It, there was just like an attraction there. And the more I, I study of Eastern philosophy, I'm reading the Bhagavad Gita right now. And um, there, there's something there with this love and unity that we miss in these kind of Western evangelical bents. And by the way, all respect to that. If you are of that tradition, this is not meant as an affront at all. This is meant as um, maybe we can all learn something here today. Maybe we can expand our consciousness around this. And I'm all about expanded consciousness. So uh, Ricky Shannondale says you have a very open mind and that is one of the most key elements in being a human. 
Um, for let's see, and your fascination for wanting oh, Facebook won't let me open your comment even more. If you guys would on Facebook keep the comments like to like one or two sentences because I don't know why, even in the comments like after this video posts, I can't open those comments. Like it does I don't know if it's a glitch with Facebook, but if you guys leave me a book, I <laughs> Even if I want to read it, I can't open it. Like Facebook won't let me open it. And I've struggled with that on other platforms too. I don't know if there's updates going on, you know, but it doesn't matter if I use the computer or the iPad or the uh, iPhone. I don't know what the deal is. So try for today. Just keep them like a little bit shorter. That way I can grab them or break them up so that I can grab them. So, um, so getting into the idea of the esoteric understanding, um, again, this can be considered a philosophy or a religion. Uh, according to Britannica.com is what I'm reading from. So, um, so really, let's look at it for all intents and purposes of how we're going to read the gospel in this series as an inner or secret meaning. And that inner or secret meaning is not something that you have to have someone teach you, by the way. This is not a gatekeeper thing where you have to go through my method uh, or anyone else's method to understand this. This is an open-minded method where you are able to pick up the gospel of John. We're going to start with the gospel of John in John chapter one today, and you can read it with an esoteric point of view, meaning looking for the hidden and secret knowledge in it, detaching it from the historical context, detaching it from the dogmatic context or the church context or the person of Christ to look for it as the universal story of you and of me, and of humanity. That is how we're going to read it. Um, and, and the reason I'm not reading it any other way is because there are literally right now live on Facebook and TikTok and everywhere else, there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of churches that are live right now giving a reading of this gospel that is going to be the same no matter what tradition, no matter what denomination, it's going to be from the same basic point of view. Now, all the conclusions are going to be a little bit different, but this point of view that I'm bringing today is what most people will never hear in any kind of organized religious construct. Uh, for, for better or for worse, that is the message I'm bringing. Now, I've had a lot of people speak out and, and say that I am leading people to hell that I am a false prophet, that I am uh, have the spirit of the Antichrist. I've had all of this stuff, guys. I pray every day for truth. I pray that my Father will lead me into all truth and help my message be on point uh, and be the type of message that pierces heart and spirit to the point where it can transform lives and break people free of systems that are causing them harm uh, internally. Because I was there, guys. I had a substance problem, specifically with alcohol, hated myself for years of my life. I started drinking when I was 17. I didn't stop until I was 27. And it almost killed me, guys. Like this was, I, I, I drank and drank and drank and drank. And while some people drank hard liquor, I, I loved beer to the point where, you know, happy hour got earlier and earlier and earlier. And even when I had my own business, happy hour you know, would be four o'clock and then three o'clock and then two o'clock. And it was just part of my existence. And it was such a problem because I was following the church doctrine. I was following this, you know, 
accept Jesus into your life, love him, and everything will be okay. And while I know that that's not the core message, you know, that we still have trials in our life, when I couldn't find inner peace and I couldn't find freedom from those things in my life, um, all of the things that I did to hate myself and my marriage and my life and even my business that I wasn't taking care of. Sorry, I'm crunching down on my candy now. I've got a, a cough drop because of my allergies. So, um, that was a problem guys. And so why do I bring the esoteric revelation of the Christ? Because to me, that's where the life is. That's where the life is. And I was in darkness. I was in sadness and pain and depression and anxiety and fear. Um, and while this understanding, it's not like a magic formula that you just poof, everything in your life is okay. You still have trials, but the world is always going to have problems around you. But if you can stop being the source of your own problems, then you're getting somewhere. And so while reading the Gospels, I started reading them devoid of things like the writings of Paul or things like the Old Testament. Uh, reading them even in spite of the Old Testament. If you know my Yahweh theory or my Yaldabaoth video series, if you don't understand that, uh, please go watch that. It's over on my YouTube channel. They are pinned on the YouTube channel. You can find all of my spiritual resources at cubcooker.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com, uh, to give you guys, uh, you know, kind of a running start at what I teach and what I do here. So with that said, um, you know, I was just living in darkness completely, all while being completely flooded with all of this churchianity that I live in West Texas, so there is no lack of that here. I have watched people um, in my friend and family groups lose their lives, uh, some by choice, some not by choice, some because of substance, some not. Be, and and be steeped in these systems. So I started to really question, like, what is the value of that for me? Because if I can't find internal peace, then what's the point? And I one day was reading where Christ says that the kingdom of God is within you. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait, what? And then I go and I look up the Greek. And sure enough, he says the kingdom of God is within you. And then I read the translation that I had been reading as a part of uh, the church for a long time. And it says the kingdom of God is among you. And I'm like, wait a minute. And then I read another one and it says the kingdom of God is near. And I'm like, wait, what? So when you look up the, the, the true underlying meaning, you go to the Greek and you, you actually cross-reference all this stuff. It says within you. Why would it be changed and, you know, why would you have, why would King James be different than NLT, than Christian Standard Bible, than what's going on here? And so I started to go down the rabbit hole of, you know, have I had the wool pulled over my eyes here? So, um, Stan Pedro says, you just spent five minutes explaining the same concept two times in a row in different ways. Yes, you're welcome, Stan. So if you don't understand now, then that's your problem. That's why I explain different aspects of this stuff, guys, because inevitably people are here 
and don't understand what I'm talking about. And I don't want you to have any excuse for not knowing what I'm talking about. So I will repeat myself. I will rabbit trail. I am super ADD and OCD and all, all of the acronyms you can put together. So welcome to my world. This is my podcast. Um, thank you, Stan. God bless you, man. Uh, good answer. LOL. Stan says so. So I do that because this took me, uh, this took me almost losing my life before I understood this. I grew up in the evangelical homeschool groups. I grew up in the dogmatic societies. I grew up in West Texas where, uh, you know, you could do whatever you wanted as long as you went to church on Sunday and you believed in Jesus, then you're good. I have a problem with that because I love God and I, I knew there was something within me that wanted to do good, yet something within me was always trying to destroy me. And we see that in the writings of Paul, but we don't see that in the writings and the words of Christ. Steffi, welcome. Annie says yes with two exclamation marks. Thank you, Annie. I appreciate you guys. Uh, started reviewing John yesterday. Looking forward to your thoughts. Lynn says awesome. Well, let's get into it, guys. Uh, thank you for being here, by the way. Thank you for your support. You guys that support me, we have stars over here on Facebook now. So if you like what I'm doing on Facebook, you can gift stars. I don't know how it works, but apparently they want me to push that. So if you guys give some stars today, that helps me directly as I grow this, uh, this, uh, ministry, if you want to call it that, I guess. Um, wise as serpent says, I'm also in West Texas. Awesome. I'm up here in Amarillo. So, uh, not sure where you're at, um, but welcome, wise as serpents. Thank you for being here. So um, as we get into this, by the way, if you're on TikTok, the gifts on TikTok, super, super helpful too. So thank you guys. I don't do this for the money, by the way. I'm certainly not uh, you know, swimming in riches from this. This has taken a lot of sacrifice. We literally sold our home. Uh, I sold my vehicle, um, got into a different vehicle, um, I lost my business through all of this, um, you know, and, and a lot of it was just having to step into what God was calling me to do. So this is not like, you know, some, uh, you know, online preacher going, Oh, give money or whatever. Like this is, this is taking a lot of sacrifice. And so anytime I ask for support, uh, that's purely out of a, if we want to keep doing this and I can keep doing this full time, uh, then we have to support it. So um, so with that said, thank you guys for that. So in the book of John, the reason I'm starting with John, if you read all the other gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, they're focused on the events following Jesus through, um, like all the marketplaces village. Uh, you even get like the birth story and some of them, all of this stuff. So John is assuming that the readers have the basic facts about Jesus and he's like jumping in and he's just going down the proverbial throat of truth here just diving into this whole world of what I consider esoteric knowledge about the Christ. And we're going to look at Jesus as the word here. And for all intents and purposes, I'm going to take the word Jesus out of this. Uh, and I'm going to take the word Yeshua out of this. And I'm going to look at it as the Christ, the entity of the Christ speaking. Because if you didn't know, uh, oh, wise and serpents is in Lubbock. What's up, man? Lubbock's, I, I like Lubbock a lot. Um, I get to go to Lubbock uh, with my wife to shop because they have way better shopping up there than we do in Amarillo. So, uh, but what's up, man? Uh, y'all are like, y'all are neighbors here. Definitely. So, um, but 
we get into this deeper esoteric understanding of who the Christ is. The Christ being an entity, the the chrisen, okay, uh, the anointed one, the the anointed man or woman, the spirit of. So that's what we're going to look at. Again, not as a historical person with the times and places here, because you guys have heard that. You can walk into any church and hear that. And I don't need to repeat that message for you guys. Most most anybody that comes here, whether you're agnostic, atheist, uh, Muslim, Hindu, uh, Zoroastrian, Christian, Jewish, it doesn't matter. You understand the historical context of the Christ or, or of Jesus, right? So, uh, thank you guys for the stars. God bless you, by the way. That is so helpful. Uh, that also tells Facebook that we're doing something good here. So, thank you guys. So with that said, um, the Christ being like a universal entity, having been in existence from the beginning, from the creation of all things, being in all things. And in fact, we're going to jump in right here into John 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So why is that important? Well, John here is obviously assuming that, that you understand the historical context of Jesus. And he is really is diving into who the Christ is. And so... He mulled over the profound meaning of what Jesus said and did. And so that is how we're going to approach and view the Christ through this esoteric reading of the Gospel of John. And I can almost guarantee you guys, you probably haven't heard this type of reading of the Gospel before. You may have thought it, you may have heard someone allude to it, but I haven't even seen a video where someone goes through it in this manner. So this is going to be, I'm excited because I haven't done this, you know, live publicly before. And I think we're going to get into some beautiful stuff here. And literally we're just going to do this on Sunday mornings till we run out of gospels to go through. This is a good opportunity to do the Gnostic gospels as well. But I think we're just going to plug through this and this is going to be a really cool study for. So every, if you like this show up every Sunday live for this, because this is going to be uh, just an ongoing approach to this. So, The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So this is where we get that old, uh, that old verse that you always hear, you've seen on the bumper sticker. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Okay, so in him is life, and the life was the light of men. So we're going to break this down just as I have to break this down because here's how you read the gospel in an esoteric manner. You absolutely have to go look up in the Strong's what it means. So in John 1, 1, right away we have a meaning that most people don't pick up on. This is why it's esoteric. It's just under the surface. It says in the beginning, if you want to consider that. Um, oh, we had an unstable connection on TikTok. My apology, guys. So let, we're going to start back over here. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So in the beginning here, if you look at the Strongs, we're going to go to the Greek here. And you can do this by going to BibleHub.com and go to the Greek Um Click on the Greek on any verse, and it'll show you this, and you can read what the Strong's word is in the concordance and understand the deeper esoteric hidden meaning of it. 
So in the beginning, the beginning here is the commencement, okay? This is what's crazy. Like, this would be the beginning of the universe, the Big Bang, the origin, okay? So we think of beginning as like, you know, Genesis 1, Genesis 2, that type of thing. This is really talking about the commencement of life, the beginning of existence. So you can like have this massive cosmic view on this. Part of what I want to do through this study is meditate on these words, okay? So that we can understand the word, which is the Christ, okay? Now we get to, in the beginning was the word. So what is the word here? The word here is Strong's 3056. It comes from the word Lego. So if you think about Legos or building blocks, right? Um, it says something said by implication, a topic also reasoning or motive. So how is Jesus something said? Well, he's, he, he's not something said. He's not just a vibration or a sound. I mean, he's that too, but he's not uh, only that. By implication, it's a topic, a reasoning, or motive. So is Jesus the motive or the reasoning of God? Well, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. But by extension, he is a computation. Is he the computation of God? Yeah, now we're getting somewhere. He's the fingerprint of God the Fibonacci sequence, the fractal reality and the design that God has wrought on this entire universe. Specifically, the divine expression. So here we're getting somewhere. By extension, the word of God, the logos of God, is the divine expression, fully present in the Christ, okay? Here's where this has changed my entire understanding and reading of the Gospels. Uh, Annie, the stars are only on Facebook. You can do gifts here on TikTok like the roses or crowns or whatever they have. Uh, so really, wherever you're at, any of the gifts. But thank you. You guys have gotten the stars up there. Thank you, guys. God bless you. So the word being the divine expression, Christ being the divine expression, rather than this spoken word. And, and you know, here in West Texas, we have this like, let me move some junk out of the way here. We have this belief system. And it's not just in West Texas, it's what it's within the Western Evangelical Church. We have this belief system that this is the Word of God. I'm here to tell you guys, I have not found one word in this book, in this Bible, that says the Bible is the Word of God. That is something that, that I, from my research, believe was spurned uh, with the King James Bible and the idea that King James had his name on it and wanted to make sure the word of God had his name on it. So you guys that say, I got to dive into the word, you know, well, if it's not in the word of God, well, what does the word of God say? The word of God is not in this book, guys. Now it contains some of the truths of the word of God, but the idea of an infallible word of God, this book is a very, in my opinion, pious way to think. It is assuming a lot and trusting a lot of what were by all intents and purposes evil men that had agendas that now we have entrusted and enslaved ourselves to the letter of this word or the law. This, You know, you hear about the old law in the Old Testament. Now we've just enslaved ourselves to a new system, specifically in the early church in Acts. You hear in Romans, and I'm not saying that Paul didn't have some good things to say, but I look at the writings of Paul as an experience of one man's interpretation of what he was supposed to do with the knowledge of Christ. So why do I read the Gospels in an esoteric manner? Because 
to me, that's the word of God. Because I'm looking at the life of the Christ. I'm looking at the expressions of the Christ so that I can build an operating system for my life versus looking at what Paul said, which was just a brand new system of control in my point of view. Uh, let's see. Uh, Josu says, so word of God, uh, so word of God, not the same as scripture as told by Paul. Absolutely. I believe that, you know, Paul believed that, but I don't adopt that ideology personally. I adopt the word of God as the logos, the divine expression or the computation fully present within the Christ. And by the way, should raise to new life in you and I, just as we crucify old ways within us, old thought patterns if you if you're a part of our team we have a team membership here it's nine dollars a month through october 31st and then it goes up uh the beginning part of that the t stands for transcend limitations part of those limitations for us as a community is overcoming our programming that this is the word of god and beginning to understand that we have the word of god within us so that's a whole different, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Paul wrote 80% of the Bible, right? Absolutely. Uh, I'm not sure if it's exactly 80%, but he wrote a lot of the Bible. A lot of the New Testament that we build our dogma and our doctrines on were written by Paul or attributed to him. Uh, and by extension, Rome, by extension, the Roman Catholic Church. So, um, you know, no, again, nothing against that if anyone's Catholic here, but I'm just saying. I am not one to follow a system of dogma or doctrine. I'm here to break the Christ free from those things and let him become, let it become whatever you want to view it as, as a living entity in your life that manifests love and manifests the very kingdom of God within you. And that is the what that is how this has broken me free from so many of these things that I struggled with. Drew says thumbs up. Thank you very much. Original text was based on Gnosticism, which is esoteric. Exactly. And if you guys don't know, I am more of a Gnostic. So uh, I'm probably a Gnostic mystic um, more than I am an, uh, a Christian mystic. So Christian would would kind of entail all the writings of Paul and trying to tie Jesus to the Old Testament. And I'm more of a, you know, an esoteric mystic Gnostic type guy than... Uh, anything else, meaning uh, I want to adopt the spirit of Christ in my life because I think that I can build an operating system within me that acts and reacts based on that unity and love versus in the fruit of that versus trying to understand the letter of the law. When I started adopting that ideology, I quit having to quote a verse exactly and I began to understand the meaning behind all of them as one collection rather than, you know, oh, what was that verse? Like I just began to understand, understand it. It became part of me. So, uh, let's see. Uh, Nadil Lopez has been seeing a lot of your reels. Had to order the book of Enoch. Awesome. Awesome. We'll continue Enoch on, uh, we do that like Monday through Friday in the afternoons, 3 PM central standard time on TikTok. Uh, so be sure and join there. Um, and then also Nadell, we've got the full podcast that I do like every day. Uh, and we just kind of keep plugging through Enoch on those. So that's a great mythology to understand, to try to break away from some of the simplistic views of the origins of the planet and the idea of original sin. That is another thing that I 
when we read through this esoterically, we're going to be able to separate ourselves from the idea of original sin. One of the Gnostic Gospels, uh, the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, Jesus tells Mary Magdalene that there is no sin. Sin exists because you agree that it exists and you created it by the law which you follow. And so, speaking of the religious law, of course. Um, so that's a powerful statement that you've never heard in a church, right? Um, and, and you may go, well, wait a minute, I have all this sin in my life. You don't understand, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm telling you, when you guys tell yourself you're divine, the things that you used to do to be sinful and said you struggled with, literally you don't have an appetite for anymore. It's It's the weirdest thing that like I don't have I don't even want alcohol anymore because it's like I've balanced my mind, my body, my spirit, I practice meditation, I you know, I read all the time, we we pray, we meditate as a community. And so I have a whole different aspect of that uh now that I actually practice what Christ talked about. Now that I have given up a lot for the truth, for that authentic reality. I don't like to call it the truth because truth is something that people will argue about all day long. You you will know it when you experience the authentic reality that I believe Christ came to return us to. So, um, and then I've got all kinds of different beliefs on revelation and everything. We can get into that later, but but for the purpose of this, I just I invite everyone to clear your mind of Hebrews, of Romans, of Corinthians, of Acts, of uh, even Genesis of Exodus of Leviticus, any of the stuff that surrounds, pretend like you have one book, you get John, the gospel of John to understand who you are, who God says you are and who the Christ is and what the authentic reality we live in is. Uh, and that's how I'm going to approach this study. So, um, let's see. Nadell says, uh, what is the podcast name? So I can follow. It is the cub cooker supernatural podcast, uh, cub cooker supernatural podcast. And you can find that over at cubcooker.com. So you guys understanding what the word is, is the biggest part of how we're going to study this. Because again, the word not being something said only, but by extension being the computation and the divine expression that is fully present in Christ. So as we move through that, we get into verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has overcome it. Now, if you look at that, the footnote on that is actually this word overcome can also be translated as comprehended. So this changes the narrative, too. From the idea of a battle of light and dark, from the darkness not being able to overcome, to the darkness, not being able to comprehend it. You know, you got family members that look at you and go, I don't even understand you. I think, you know, what if you're an antichrist? What if you're, what if you're not speaking uh, truth? What, aren't you worried? Well, what if you're judged for this? What if blah, 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 you know, because there's so much darkness in the lives of the people that are trying to understand this and they're not willing to go within and clear out that darkness it's really hard to find the light within and it's really hard when you hear the light coming to you to accept it because it's more comfortable to say, stay in a system 
that you know you do one, two, three, and you're good. I'll go to heaven, and now I can worry about the job. I can worry about the car. I can worry about the kids. I can do all this stuff rather than focusing on my spiritual ascension. Uh, God do- knows deeply who you are because he knows your thoughts and intentions and heart. Absolutely, Drew. Amen. I agree with that. Gretchen says, yes. Thank you, Gretchen. Lynn says, beautiful. Thank you. Um, let's see. Uh, Bell says, the ancients and secret societies know that God speaks in mathematics. Absolutely. Um, and the fractal nature of God we're going to get into in this. Uh, it, this is going to help everyone transcend limitations, guys. So in him is life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness ha- cannot comprehend it. So we're going to read it with that bent here. Cannot comprehend it. And that's a comfort because when you have people that say, you know, are you sure, you know, oh, that esoteric stuff, that's dangerous. Well, you know, is that in the word of God? You're going to have people like this. I have more than you guys know in my family groups. I've lost friends. I have people that don't even want to be around me anymore because I might be evil. I might be speaking something evil. And you guys that are here in the community all the time, you know, the fruit of this, you know, all the stories here, all the people who have broken free from limitations and structures that have, that have caused a lot of emotional pain and hurt in their life. Um, and it's, this is a whole different wavelength to be on. Trevor Hall has a song called different room and he talks about being in a different room and people don't even understand when you're literally living in a different level of reality. And I'm not saying I'm better than anyone. I'm just saying when you're in a different room, it's hard to understand people in the other room. When you're on a different wavelength, it's hard to communicate at a different wavelength. And so you guys are going to experience the same thing. If you continue to practice what I talk about, you continue to read in this manner, you continue on your path to ascension, you're going to have friends and family members that will fall away, that don't want to be around you, that might think that you're following some sort of false doctrine. But to me, as long as we are focusing on the life and the light that is present in the universal Christ, then I don't see how we can go wrong. That's that's my approach. So if you vibe with that, welcome. If you don't, I totally understand and I respect that. So uh, Drew says, that's so true, bro. Thank you, Drew. I appreciate that. Lynn says, ears to hear. Absolutely. Uh, Steffi says a former friend of mine, sir, uh, severed ties with me because I believe there is free will. Uh, and he does otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. You know, belief systems cause people to fall away. Here's the deal. I have not said of any of these people that don't want to be around me now that I don't want to be around them. So, you know, with that, I, I respect people's belief systems. Now, I've done a whole series on energy vampires. There are certain people that uh, try to steal your wavelength that you shouldn't be around. And that is a decision you have to make. But at the same time, just because I have family members that believe in the person of Jesus as salvation, and I believe in the entity of Christ and the gnosis of Christ as salvation, uh, I don't choose to not go to lunch with them or not enjoy their company Uh, but rather continue to have conversations and get them to dig deeper into why do you believe in the person of Jesus? Show me that. Let's talk about that. Um, And so I think part of the problem is people don't want to be around me because they don't want to dig within themselves 
They don't want to do the work that we're doing now to read this in an esoteric manner. It's easier to just take the bigger narrative and go, well, this is what the church says and this is where I'm going to, this is how I'm going to live. Um, because I've been programmed that way rather than deprogramming and building a new operating system. So in him was life and the light, uh, the life was the light of men. So we're going to look at light here. Um, and so this will take us to John one five. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So the light here means light, a source of light radiance, uh, from an obsolete feo or luminousness, luminousness. Uh, that's a that's a long word there. Luminousness. So uh, the quality of having illumination. Okay, here's where a lot of people get tripped up. Um, what's up, seventy four leathercraft Jacob Maroney in the house. What's up, my friend? How are you doing? Uh, Jacob says people are scared. Uh, they might question everything they've ever learned. Exactly. Exactly. And we're going to see Jesus challenge us and ask us to do that very thing as we get further into this gospel. Um, and so the idea of illumination is something that has literally been demonized by the very systems that call this the infallible word of God, rather than understanding the infallible word of God as a quality that you possess already as a son and a daughter of the Most High through the living Christ. That is a whole different level of understanding there. And you guys that understand what I'm saying, you get what I'm saying. Um, so light Luciferian is something that again has been demonized. I'm going to do a whole nother study on the correlation between Jesus and Lucifer. I, for a long time was reading and going, oh, they have to be brothers. They have to be brothers. But then when you read with the Yaldabaoth or the Yahweh of the old Testament, not being the father of Jesus. If you haven't watched that video on my YouTube, go watch it. Uh, and it'll reveal a lot of how I approach this because then you see that the Christ is bringing the light against the Satan or the gods of the old Testament. That uh, that's a whole different level. Whether you believe that mythology or not, esoterically that's definitely makes sense because when you begin to bear and bring forth light within yourself that light bears witness against the darkness within you much as the story of pandora's box that i shared on the live this last week um go watch it i also had reels shorts and tiktoks on it Pandora was made out of clay by the gods thank you uh Jeanette for the the roses i appreciate that Pandora was made in clay by the gods. She was given a box. No, she was not given a box. She was given a clay vessel. Clay vessel. And she was told not to open it. Lest all manner of unspeakable things escape. Well, when she did, out of curiosity, open it. All of those things escaped. And she was flailing, trying to keep them in and put them back in. And then they all escaped. Then she hears a faint tinkling and looks in the bottom of the jar or the clay vessel. Do you guys see that, that the clay vessel is an archetype of her? She is the clay vessel. We are the clay vessel. When she looked within and all the darkness had cleared out, why did it even clear out? It cleared out because there was light within that. There was a golden glow coming from the bottom of the jar, and she realized that there was hope within. That's the story you haven't been told. That's the story that we miss as a society because it's easier to say don't look in the box 
And by the way, it's easier to change the clay vessel as an allegory for who we are as clay vessels to change that to a box so that we lose meaning upon meaning upon meaning. Uh, Synth says who? This is Pandora. If you've ever heard of the uh, Pandora's box mythology in Greek mythology, uh, Pandora was an actual person created by the gods out of out of clay she was given a clay vessel which was actually a jar it was the should be the story of uh pandora's vessel or pandora's jar rather than pandora's box so again just stuff that will really mess with your head and get you to rethink like okay just because i've been told that what's the deeper meaning under it and that in essence is esotericism that i'm talking about here that is how i read stuff because I want to know the depth that it holds rather than the broad story. I want to go deep and wide with our understanding here. So seeking the truth leads to getting the Holy Spirit alive inside of us. I always pray for truth. Amen. Absolutely, Gretchen. Thank you for being here. Uh, Synth says, wow, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, this is mind-blowing stuff when we get into it. So light, FOS, P-H-O-S is Strong's 5457. Light, a source of light, radiance, uh, or luminousness. So let's think about that. Like the luminousness, the light of humanity, okay? We're also going to get into something here, and I'm going to share it now. Before we keep reading the text, we're going to hear where Jesus calls himself the Son of Man over and over and over. The Son of Man this, the Son of Man that, the Son of Man this, the Son of Man that. Why is that important? Uh, shaman says clean shave. Yeah, absolutely. I did. I did a little, little mustache fade and a little just stubble here. Uh, it feels good in the fall air. So, you know, my wife doesn't particularly like it, but it's helped me, uh, kind of open up and just feel a little more exposed, a little more, you know, everything we do has meaning guys. Even this, I was just struggling with a lot of deep emotions and hurt because I got people, you know, even with my friend and family groups that are, you know, uh, speaking out against me and thinking that I'm bringing some sort of demonic message here. And it hurts. Like it, it really hurts, especially when they don't come to me and it's just all happening in the background. Um, it becomes more gossip rather than like, you know, direct, like, Hey, let's have a conversation. I want to understand what you're talking about because I love you and care about you rather than talk behind my back about it. Um, and so I actually just did this, um, as just kind of a representation you know, often we take actions and they have a much deeper esoteric meaning. And so I had this realization yesterday that anytime I have emotional struggle, I normally get a haircut and I shave and then I kind of like grow it out. And then I do that again. And it's like these cycles that I go through and it's just kind of a weird, you know, let you guys into my psyche a little bit. So, uh, that's how, you know, you're on the right path though. Hey, absolutely. You know, you get that serendipity and, and like, Everything in your life should have meaning with everything else. Like, um, especially if you're living in those cycles, you know, that that's an important thing for all of us. So in verse seven, it says the same came as a witness that he might testify about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light. This is talking about John. I skipped a verse in verse six. It says there came a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came as a witness that he might testify about the light that all might believe through him. Uh, he was not the light, but he was sent that he might testify about the light, the true light that enlightens everyone 
was coming into the world. So enlightens, E-N-L-I-G-H-T-N-E-N-S, enlightens. So we're going to look at that. Again, this is how I do this. And you guys, I've already had some comments. Get to the point, get to the point. You're going to get really bored here. This is the work I'm talking about. If you're not willing to do this, how do you ever have hope of understanding yourself? If you're not even willing to dig into the text, well, I got work, I got kids, I got, you know what? What is important to you? I told myself and I made an agreement with God three years ago that the most important thing in my life was my spiritual ascension, was spirituality, understanding all of this. And that's what led me to here. And that's what broke me out of these systems, these dogmatic systems. And that's why we're doing this. So, you know, if you're willing to do this with me, I can, I can guarantee you, you will find some sort of fruit in your life if you do this with your whole heart, your whole mind, and your whole spirit. Um, Hibbs says, uh, you're awesome. Thank you for the info. Hey, you bet. Absolutely. Uh, please don't just get to the point Gretchen says. Thank you, Gretchen. I appreciate that. Uh, that's what we do here. We got to dig, like churn that soil up. We got to get that soil rich and healthy and ready to receive the seeds of the kingdom, bear fruit for the kingdom, guys. This is what it's all about. I love doing this. Uh, and again, I'm not talking about the kingdom as a Christian kingdom or a Jewish kingdom or a Muslim kingdom. I'm talking about the universal kingdom of God that is within you and me. That's what we are building here. Um, and I find that through Eastern mysticism. I find that through Gnosticism. I find that in the Bible. I find that everywhere. I find that in nature, guys. And I'm going to bring that to you, the full revelation of that, every single time I go live to try and share that. So uh, as we move into verse 9 here, you know, John. this is talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist, um, you know, we're going to hear later how he was Elijah, you know, if you could even believe it. Um, and so this says the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. we look at the Greek says the true, true here says real genuine. Okay. Um, from athleus, which means truthful. Um, and by the way, literally this means strong two, 228 strongs, 228. You can look it up. Literally means made of truth, made of truth. And by the way, is that not the nature of reality, the fractal reality that we live in, the holographic reality, the quantum fields that we live in is literally made of truth. It is made of the Christ, okay? The light, the luminosity. Think about it. There's nowhere in the universe that's actually devoid of light. The only places we see that or think we see it is black holes. Think about a black hole, yet we actually had an anomaly I read about. I think it was, you know, one of the NASA stories. I can't even remember where I read it. I try not to read like fringe literature, so it was probably from NASA or science.com. But it talked about they they saw where a star had disappeared a while back within that black hole, and now it actually came back out. And it was like, wait a minute, I didn't think anything could go into the darkness and then come back like through those wormholes or those black holes. Um, and so it's fascinating to me that like there's light everywhere in the universe. In, in fact, like you can't even imagine darkness because there's always some amount of light. Even if you close your eyes, there's still light coming through. Even if you're in a, a dark room with no light, there's still energy in there that emits light. And by the way, your body, your very existence emits light. The higher consciousness you have, the more you meditate, the more well-being you have in your body, 
the more your third eye you open, thine eye be single, the whole body is full of light. We're going to hear that later too. You're going to emit light. And they've actually found where they can actually measure the auras or the light emission from the human body. By the way, we can only see like this much of the massive spectrum of light. There's colors we can't even see. There's light we can't even see. Even when we perceive darkness, there's still enough light that that darkness can't comprehend it. And that's the Christ. That is the fabric of reality. That is the thing that animates everything based on the computation, the fractal nature of God. And I think that's beautiful, guys. So um, so who gives light to every man? What does every man mean? All, the whole, every kind of, including all the forms of, apparently a primary word, all, any, every, the whole. So he gives light to all of the Western evangelical Christians, right? He gives light to all the Baptists, all the Catholics, all the Methodists, all the agnostics, all the atheists, all the Muslims, all the Jews, all the Hindus, all the Zoroastrians, all the whatever. He gives light to what? All. Well, that's not the met. Yeah, it is. That's what this says. Because I'm telling you guys that that person in your life that you say they need Jesus, they already have light in them. They need to let that darkness fly away. Open that vessel to find that hope and that light and that kingdom and that logos within. You guys getting what I'm saying? Um, let's see. Trevor says, ah, didn't realize we were on this side of TikTok. Never mind. Glad to discuss this content if you wish. Trevor, welcome, my friend. I hope you're having a beautiful day. Are you using a concordance to pull out the definitions and intentions of the authors? Yes. Uh, so we're actually on BibleHub.com. As we re we go through the esoteric side of the gospel, we're reading uh, John 1 because uh, the gospel of John is inherently more esoteric. Anyway, it doesn't focus so much on the places and events. It focuses more on the words and the essence of the Christ. And we're looking at Christ separated from the person of Jesus, looking more into the essence of who the Christ is or who a Christ might be. If you were to meet one, I'm not saying you're going to meet one. That's the fullness that was present in Yeshua, but you might meet one that has more of the fullness of the Christ within them. We would call them ascended masters, by the way. You might know someone in your life uh, that is an ascended master. You may have met one on a pilgrimage somewhere, especially if you've traveled east and you, you meet people that have a smile on their face and love in their heart. Uh, they, at the drop of a hat, will serve anyone. They're not concerned with material things. These are the messages that Christ really spoke here. And as we talk about the authentic reality, that's what we're looking for in these messages. So, uh, Trevor says, why do you believe definitions should be pulled from a concordance, uh, runs counter to the Bible, uh, Bible scholarship. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's exactly why I'm doing it because I've been a part of, uh, doctrinal theology my whole life, uh, from the evangelical church to, um, me actually taking courses, um, on theology and planning on being a minister at some point. Um, and then finding Eastern mysticism and finding a whole world of Gnosticism out there uh, to try to deconstruct everything I thought I believed and build a, a bigger, more beautiful picture 
of reality uh, based on the authentic reality that I believe that Christ came to uh, to reveal to humanity to show what we really are. So uh, that's how I approach this. So verse 10 says he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not recognize him. He came to his own and those who were his didn't receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become sons or children to those who believe in his name. Uh, sons and daughters of the Most High God. And so we're going to look at the root of that too uh, as we get into verse 12 here. Again, it's, it's important, guys, because we can't understand the meaning if we don't understand the context. Um, so in verse 12, if we look at the Greek, it says, to all who did receive him. So receive means to I receive or I get. I get him. I take. I lay hold of him. Uh, and so what does receiving him mean? Does that mean that we are, um, you know, walking down to an altar and saying, I receive Jesus and I have an emotional reaction? Or does that mean that you're like, I get it. I get him. Like, I, yeah, I, I buy that. You know, I'm going to receive that. I want to, I want to take hold of that. I want to be a part of that. I want to manifest that. Like that's, that's where I, that's how I read this. So Trevor says, not trying to be, uh, antagonistic, uh, just trying to understand your reasoning. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Trevor. No, no worries, man. Um, you know, that's how I approach this because the original authors meant one thing and we turn it into our own interpretation. I'm just trying to reinterpret based on what was originally said or as close as we can find by going to the concordance here. Uh, I certainly don't read Aramaic. Um, when we look into some of the more ancient texts, I certainly can't read Sanskrit. So uh, I definitely think it's important to at least look at the Greek and the Hebrew to try to understand the etymology of the words, uh, what they actually mean in context to these sentence structures. So, so all who did receive, again, you know, to receive, get, lay, uh, lay hold of, or take. Uh, to those who believed. What does believe mean here? It says to have faith, i.e. by implication to entrust, to entrust. So let's look at it's Strong's 4100. Uh, you know, you hear this all the time. Well, you got to believe in Jesus, believe in Jesus. Okay. Again, that's the narrative coming out. So what does that really mean? To believe or to entrust? I believe, have faith in, trust in. Uh, I am entrusted with is also a usage. So, Rather than just believing in a person, maybe you could be entrusted with the message and the light of, okay? That would be a way of interpret, interpreting this. And the way that I personally interpret the gospel is I'm entrusted with this light and this message, much as John had, he witnessed to it. Uh, I am trying to witness to it uh, myself and be entrusted with it to explain it and explore it in a way that is both true to it but also open-minded where it can be inclusive to all rather than one dogmatic system because we've turned the path so narrow from a path within that most people are not willing to engage with because they don't want to deal with their own bs to it's a narrow path of dogma and that's just not what i believe the intention was so so uh, as we continue in this esoteric study of scripture, specifically in John, now we get down here, 
uh, in verse 13, it says, uh, who were, uh, who, who believe in his name. Uh, let's look at that. Okay. So a lot of people say, okay, let's believe in the name of Jesus. Okay. So, uh, what does it mean to those who believe in his name? So we don't even know the name of Jesus. It says that God, you know, we know from the Bible that God has given him a name that only he knows. So as we look at this in verse, uh, let's see, it would be, uh, let me get back to it here. It would be verse, um, 12, the end of verse 12. Let's look at what it means to believe in his name. Uh, so what's in a name? That's what we have to ask ourselves. But to all, so all, anyone who did receive, what is receive? Receive, get, lay, take hold of, uh, lay hold of, or take him to those who believed in his name. So the word in is to or into, of place, time, or purpose. His name is the name, could be literal, but it could also be the character, the fame, the reputation. That is interesting. And this word is Strong's 3686, Onama. So Onama, the usage is the name, the character, the fame, or reputation. So if you believe in the character of Christ, not the character as in a character on stage during a play, as we've made Jesus, but the character, the, the essence of the Christ. And that's where I go with this. I believe in the character of the Christ. And whether you believe in the historical figure or not, can you believe in the character of, the message of? Well, I don't know about all that church stuff. Well, I'm not talking about Acts and Romans. I'm not talking about all the new church stuff, the early church stuff. I'm talking about the real, authentic message that Christ spoke that we have the documents of, again, whether you believe he was a historic person or this is an esoteric inward study of what happens within the person who is ascending. Uh, Trevor says, sounds to me like you're renegotiating uh, the text to further your preset ideologies. Would you agree? Yes, sir, I would. Why do I agree? Because every person does this. Every person does this. I have a set of experiences that I've been through in life, those are going to help build the operating system or the karma of my life. And I'm going to operate out of those until I burn more of those to, to dig deeper and understand. Um, and of course this has to be renegotiated because you have a narrative across the entire world right now that all says one thing and yet nobody lives in peace and harmony. Nobody's manifesting the authentic kingdom of God. So, I would argue, Trevor, it has to be renegotiated. If we're going to get anywhere with it, it has to be renegotiated. So um, my preset ideologies are newfound ideologies that I have had to burn a lot of karma. I've had to deconstruct and deprogram from a lot of doctrine and dogma to get to these what you're calling preset ideologies. These are not things that I've preset and said I have to prove this. This is, we're looking at this in a universalist, mystic, and esoteric manner to try to come away with a deeper understanding so that we can become of a higher consciousness. We can transcend our limitations. We can 
elevate our consciousness. We can align with love and we can manifest the kingdom within us. So, uh, every person does this quote, but I know dozens of people who don't do this, both believers and atheists. That is not true, Trevor. And if you actually look at the nature of man, every person does this. There is not one person on this planet that does not operate from their preset ideologies and their programming. Once you are born into consciousness and you are told what to do and what not to do, you are operating out of this. That's why Christ said to become like a little child to enter into the kingdom of God. Because from the day you begin your programming, you are already operating out of that predetermined set of ideology that has been put on you by the beast system that is in the world that everyone operates within. So I'm sorry, Trevor, but I do disagree with you on that completely out of love, but I think if you actually look into the nature of humanity, you're going to discover you don't know one person who has a non-biased opinion. That's been programmed since the time they were born. So, Trevor says, I'm open to changing my mind, but wouldn't you say you're closed-minded on this point? Trevor, you can hang out here. I mean, I'm not going to just have a conversation with you the whole time, uh, but I think that you can ask anyone in my community. I am probably one of the most open-minded people that you will meet. Um, I am open to so many different ideas, lifestyles, ideologies, uh, and I'm looking for the common golden thread of truth that runs back to the time you were born onto this planet before you knew pain, before you knew suffering, before you knew uh, any type of poverty, before you knew any type of programming, when you knew you were in the arms of God, you were part of the kingdom of God. Uh, Fancy Pants says, Preach, brother. Totally agree with you, Cub. Thank you very much. Substance says, Yes. Turn up the speakers. I appreciate it. Uh, Trevor says, I wasn't talking about bias, just about blatantly leaning into confirmation bias. Um, well, that's kind of a contradictory sentence, but um, okay. I mean, you think what you want to think, Trevor. If you want to stick around and listen to more of my teachings and, and my sessions, and you're welcome to. Um, I'm definitely not here to debate. You know, I think the spirit you're approaching this, Trevor, you're looking at the psychology of it and you're going to stop at the psychology of it. You've got to get a bigger picture, get a big, broader and deeper openness to what, what I'm saying here and what others like me are saying here. Uh, combining all of these different belief systems to find the common thread of truth and see what the Christ was really talking about. And of course I'm speaking from bias because I was raised in a Christian home and I still hold the teachings of Christ in a high esteem and I want to explore them. So of course I'm going to do that psychologically uh, out of that point of view. So agree to disagree then, but cool. Appreciate your thoughts. Absolutely, man. Thank you for being here. And a good point too. I mean, I think that's a great point. Um, but seriously, man, you're stuck on the psychology of it and debating. Sometimes we can be too smart for our own good. It sounds like you're a highly intellectual human and that's fantastic, but sometimes we got to cut ties with the intellectualism and move into a deeper understanding. Again, the esoteric understanding of, uh, how do I experience this? Cause it doesn't have any value if I can't experience it, if I can't come forth with a fruit from it. Um, and when we just pin psychology on it, uh, you know, that's why there's four types of yogas. There's the yoga of the mind or the thoughts. There's the yoga of the actions, the things that we do in life. Uh, there's the yoga of the heart, which is the emotions. And then there's the yoga of the spirit or the energies that we wield around us. So 
when we combine all four of those, that's what I do with my teachings, whether people know it or not. I'm combining all of these things, things that we can do to better understand, things that we can think to better understand, things that we can feel, and things that we can actually wield with energies or what you might call magics or uh, frequencies or those type of things to actually interact with the spiritual world that God says we're already a part of, by the way. But we've been programmed into a world where we forget that and then we want to argue semantics versus opening up and having a collective consciousness about this. So, uh, Let's see. Tony says, I mean, I've been thinking about God for a while. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Annie says, uh, let's see, Annie, I missed your comment. Um, or did you dream of the creator as a child? Uh, how was it then? Yeah, absolutely. Annie. Absolutely. Uh, so like, you know, we have a, a much healthier view of God when we're kids because, um, before someone tells us that he's a, a white bearded dude on a cloud, or we have this Sunday school picture of him, we know who God is. You know, I, I fully believe that we do. I think all humanity does. We know who our creator is. And then we forget, we fall asleep into a dream. Um, and I had a dream one night where I was, uh, heard a voice and I was told fig trees of life. You are under his dream. And I think we are all fig trees of life and we're under the dream of the deceiver, the Satan, what I believe is the God of the old Testament, um, and we need to wake up from that dream, wake up from the clay vessel we've been given. Um, and that doesn't mean anything, you know, uh, like, you know, oh, I have to leave this world to fully get it. Like we can explore that within ourselves now. Like you can have the kingdom of God now. And that's, that's a whole different level guys. Cause what I'm, what I really teach here is finding the kingdom of God now within you, finding that authentic reality. Verse 14, the word became flesh and lived among us. We saw his glory, such glory as the one and only son of the father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him. He cried out saying, this was he whom I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me for he was before me from his fullness. We all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through uh, through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The one and only Son who is in the bosom of the Father has declared him. Verse 19. This is John's testimony when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He declared and didn't deny, but he declared, I am not the Christ. They asked him, uh, what then are you, Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. They said, therefore, to him, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, quoting Isaiah, um, as Isaiah the prophet said. That was in Isaiah 40, verse 3. The ones who had been sent uh, were from the Pharisees. They asked him, why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ nor Elijah the prophet? John answered them, I baptize in water, but among you stands the one whom you don't know. He is the one who comes after me, who is preferred before me. 
whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loosen. These things were done in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day he saw Jesus coming to him, and behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is he whom I said, after he, after me comes a man who is preferred. Get out of the way. Sorry. The notes popped up in front of it. Uh, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I didn't know him, but for this reason, I come baptizing in water. So this gets really confusing here, guys. Like if you're just trying to read the story here, I mean, I'm already confused reading this. So, um, but for me, a lot of this is going to come when we get to the red letters. And if you don't know what the red letters are, the red letters are what we have recorded as the actual saying of Jesus. I have some red flags about the Gospel of John just from understanding how the word structures are built. This first part of John sounds like, and I'm not saying it is, but to me it sounds like somebody came in after the fact and tried to give clarity on what was happening rather than just jumping into the story. This whole part about in the beginning was the word. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying, like, as you read it, understand, you know, you had people throughout history that would take what had been written and then try to clarify it. And what uh, Trevor said earlier, like coming at it with some sort of potential bias or a predetermined set of ideologies to make sure that it was clarified before you get into the story, before you get into the teachings what you're supposed to understand about it. Um, anyway, really interesting stuff. Uh, let's see, Tony Sean, I've been thinking he's evil. Uh, we're his slaves and scares people real bad. Dude, go watch. Yes, thank you, Annie. Go watch my uh, Yalda Bayoth series on YouTube. It'll blow your mind. Fantastic stuff. And I think that there's so much evidence to show that the God of the Old Testament is not the father that Christ came to reveal. Um, now people will argue with me all day long, this and that, but if we just take the words of Christ and compare them against the Old Testament God, I don't see any way that he's talking about the Old Testament God. And so when, when we approach the gospel in that manner, then you have a whole different light shed on it. That's part of how I read it. So just so you guys know, whether you align with me on that or not, I have any, I have yet to find anyone that can, can argue against the verses I've found. And I'm building a spreadsheet that you guys can get for free soon. Uh, just to go when your friends and family ask and they're like, you know, well, I don't serve that because look at what God did in the old Testament. Then you can go, well, Hey, wait a minute, you know, common misconception people still have a hard time receiving it because it's a predetermined set of agreements that we have agreed to over centuries that Jesus is the son of Yahweh in the old Testament. And there's just not a lot of evidence for that. Now there's been ties tried to be made. Of course, just like I'm talking about here, the first part of John, we know this too. A lot of these books were doctored. Like this is not like conspiracy or anything. It's like, a lot of these were like fragments that were left, uh, scrolls and papyrus that had been written upon. And then when they were put into a canon, things were combined 
to be canonized. Things were thought to be written by this author, yet you have some books that were written by multiple authors that are all attributed to one author. Um, and so when you understand the makeup of the books of the Bible, it's really hard to stand on the grounds of the infallible word of God. Well, isn't God big enough to preserve his word? Yeah, he did in you. You know the light. You know the way. You witness to it. And when you hear it in the words of Christ, you resonate with it. And the reason you struggle is because you have all this other stuff around it because so many people have tried to put their spin on it. And I'm not trying to put my spin on it, but unfortunately I do. I'm just going to put my spin on it because that's my experience of it. But you have to put your own on it. And that's what I try to teach. You can't put new wine in old wineskins. Absolutely, Glenn. Absolutely. Because if you do, you'll burst the old ones. And rather than do away with the old ones, maybe you could preserve those and put the new one there. Yeah, That's a side of that verse nobody wants to hear. Well, he came to fulfill it. Yeah, sure he did. Choose your God. Like that's what we, we have. You know, there's that verse that says, for me and my house, I will serve the Lord or Yahweh. For me and my house, I will serve the Father. I will serve El Elyon, God Most High. Uh, Birds of Encouragement. Hey, what's up, Kathy? How are you doing? Welcome. Y'all go check out Birds of Encouragement if you guys want. Kathy is an incredible, incredible friend of mine over at Birds of Encouragement. Uh, she does some beautiful, beautiful videos on uh, birds, literally birds of encouragement. She's a photographer, a philosopher, a believer, and um, she's got some beautiful, beautiful stories over there. Uh, ladies, especially if you guys want to kind of get your daily encouragement uh, and hear that female perspective, especially within the animal kingdom, within the realm of birds. Um, Kathy's got a beautiful, beautiful voice over there. So it's at Birds of Encouragement. Go check her out. She's on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and everywhere. Uh, go check her out. You will be blessed by her. Um, her message is not, um, it's not, it's not like mine, but it is going to bless you. I promise. So like I said, ladies, you guys will, will definitely vibe with her with getting your daily, your daily encouragement, your daily word over there with her. So go check her out. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Kathy, or will we all ascend? You know, we've got that. Um, let's, let's see, uh, if Jesus, isn't God's son. Can he save? Does he? So I believe he is God's son, Kathy. I absolutely believe he is God's son, but I believe he is the father's son, the most high God, the spirit and in truth. And in the old Testament, we see that Moses stood with God and yet Christ says, no man has stand will stand with God or has stood before the father. So you have some very clear distinctions between uh, and, and whether you believe that he's the son of Yahweh or not, that's neither here nor there. But um, Kathy says, thank you. I hear you. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah. And, and that's the thing. What I teach here, too, if you choose to keep Yahweh as the father of Christ, I don't have a problem with that. If you choose to separate them and see the differences and believe that Yahweh was more of an entity or a son of God or an angel that wanted to be worshiped as the angels in Enoch, um, then you can, you know, you can find your way still. Like, I don't see that, you know, I, I'm not here to tell people you have to disagree with the God of the Old Testament, but I'm here to say that for me, 
the story has night and day cleared up and made sense. And now when I read the mythologies and histories in the Old Testament, they make a whole lot more sense as seeing Christ as the true light bringer coming against all of the old systems, all of the old gods, all of the old doctrine and dogma and saying, hey, you're a son and a daughter of God most high. And by the way, I'm talking about Abba, Father, because he never called him Yahweh. He never even alluded to him as being that God of the Old Testament. He instead put that in stark contrast. He even cross-referenced verses where uh, Yahweh says, I will dwell in darkness and I bring forth blessings from dark places. And then Christ says that my father dwells in light. In him there is no darkness at all. It's a stark contrast. And if you adopt the duality ideology of God is both, again, I don't have a problem with that for your life. I just have a problem with that for my life. I cannot reconcile that. I cannot understand how God would do all of these things in the Old Testament. The body count is over 2 million of the people that he unalived that you can just read about and add them up. The estimate body count of the unalivings of Yahweh is over 25 million. And how many other people in the name of Yahweh after Bible times? And then you have a really, really unhealthy view of who God is. But when you look at the words of Christ taken away from all doctrine and dogma and preserve those words as life, enlightenment, ascension, and salvation, that to me is where I started to get somewhere spiritually in my understanding. So again, my message is strong and it's not for everyone. You know, I literally don't see how the God of the Old Testament is the father of Jesus. And that's what we're going to study here. But I'm also going to study it in a way that if you don't adopt that ideology, we can still be friends. We can still talk. We can still look at the authentic words of Christ. We can still ascend together. Like you don't, I'm not building a system that you have to follow this dot, dot, dot. It's just, I'm going to give you the data and you can wrestle with that data on your own and come to your conclusion of, is God dualism? Did he do all these horrible things just to accomplish something? Did he change when he had his son? You know, I, I can, we can argue back and forth and it's not that we're arguing, but we can debate back and forth. And one of the parts of my message that a lot of people feel it. Yeah, absolutely. Robert says nonsense. I'm out. I'm sorry, Robert. Love you, brother. It's not nonsense. When you look at the data, I'm telling you that. And if you don't trust me on it, then I can lead you on the study to understand those verses and the contrast to come to that understanding that Jesus was bringing a new God. And in fact, he wasn't bringing a new one. He was bringing one that had been long forgotten and returning people back to that God. That's what I believe. So, uh, Drew says he was not mad at humans. He was mad at aliens. I, I agree with that, Drew. I, I agree with that. That's part of my message that people can't stomach and they go, that's demonic. That's blasphemy. And if you really look at what I'm saying, and you really read the Bible, specifically the Gospels, in an esoteric manner, I promise anyone that does it with an open heart and an open mind, it will lead you into enlightenment. And it will lead you to a place of, you're not in fear anymore. You're not worried about offending God. He's within you. 
you love other people from a genuine perspective. I am taking a beating every day going live, guys. Most of you couldn't handle half of what I deal with. And I'm not making myself a martyr. I'm just saying gets real out here. Especially when you have friends that won't talk to you anymore, family members that don't want to be around you. And you have this message of love and unity and ascension. And and people are like, well, are you deceived? And I'm like, how am I deceived? I'm looking at the data and I'm using the brain God gave me to go, okay, let's look at this. You have all of these verses where Jesus is calling out the God of the Old Testament, coming against him, saying, I have a better way. And I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am part of the Father. You're in me. I'm in him. We are one. If you love me, do what I'm telling you. Shaman says, path of enlightenment, bro, you chose wisdom. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. So you guys that get what I'm doing, thank you. If you don't, stick around. I promise all will be revealed. We continue to unveil this. As I learn, as I grow, we're learning as a community. This is a beautiful place to be. I'm going to stop there in the scripture for today. But we're going to do this every Sunday because this needs this needs to happen. This needs to come out. This needs to be the message in the world right now. No longer can humanity just buy into these old ideas without questioning them, without looking at the data. You have thousands of years of the church building the narrative that they wanted when the truth is in you already. And when you read it and you question it and you ask God sincerely, will he give you a stone when you ask for bread? No. The Father will always give you good things. Always. Stan says, uh, my head is so full of knowledge. The more I learn, the less I know. Amen. Absolutely. That's why I approach this with an, I don't know. I can't prove to you anything guys, but I can share with you the data and the understanding that I have at the time of the recording of this broadcast. That's all I can do. And I can't come and I'm not going to tell anybody that they're wrong guys. I'm going to tell them that keep looking, keep looking, keep looking, keep looking, seek and you will find. Seek and you will find. I love you guys. Hope you have an awesome Sunday. This has been a good one today. Lots of strong opinions. I get that. I get that. And I love you guys. And and just know that everything I say comes from love. Um, and that's how I approach all of this. So, um, I think Isaiah from the old uh, God foretold the coming of Christ. God has always been the same God. Uh, user 1066. That's, you know, again, it's possible. I'm just telling you, I have more data than I've ever had to show that that is not the narrative. Um, so again, you you know, watch my Yalda Bayoth series. There's two of them up there now, plus an extra one in that playlist. Should give you all the data you need to start. But I warn you, if you watch those videos, you won't be the same. If you watch them with an open mind and an open heart, you will start to question and it might send you into an existential tailspin. That's not a bad thing, by the way. That's not a bad thing. What is the source of this data is straight out of the Bible. 
straight out of the Bible, specifically episode two of my Yalda Bayoth series, um, has all of the verses where I go back and forth and show this is what the God of the Old Testament said, this is what Christ said, and where they're in stark contrast. Stark contrast. So uh, I don't go outside of that. Now I can look outside of that into a lot of Gnostic texts and go, you know, that route, but I try to for the, the purpose of especially people who have been in the Judeo-Christian systems to try and help them understand another possible narrative that's going on here because it will cause you to question. It will cause you to go within and start digging out the soil, pruning things that aren't serving you and begin to work on your own ascension because I can't do it for you. And anyone that just takes what I'm saying is gospel truth don't do with me what you've done with other systems for your whole life. You have to figure it out. You have to chew on it. You have to stomach it. You have to live with it. Not me. I have to do that for me. So anyway, I love you guys. Thank you for being here. Appreciate you. Cub blessings. Fancy pants says, um, let's see. Um, user says, I don't think so, but I will take a look. Like the Watcher stuff and Enoch stuff. Watcher stuff and Enoch stuff is is a mythology. You know, it's a. Um, I consider all of this a mythology. It's partly historical, partly esoteric, partly tradition. You know, we don't know because we weren't there. So I try to approach it with those type of gloves on, with the myth- mythological gloves, and understand. Uh, can you put a link to it somewhere? So user 1066, if you just jump over into my, uh, the link in my bio, it's at cubkuker.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. Just click on the YouTube icon at the top, right under my profile picture. It'll take you right over to my YouTube channel. And right there, there's a series that says Yaldabaoth slash Yahweh, um, the beast God. You can go watch that video. That'll give you uh, in fact, the whole series, if you have time and you're curious enough to really dig into this, I highly recommend all of them uh, because it, it gives the the best picture, uh, in my opinion. So, yes, we must work out our own salvation. Amen. Love you too, Jacob74 Leathercraft. Uh, have a good one. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow's Monday. We'll be back on our 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Central Standard Time podcast schedule. Thank you guys for being here. Y'all have a beautiful, beautiful day. Check out my friends at 74 Leathercraft and at Birds of Encouragement too. Uh, We all have different messages, guys, but we all love each other and get along. So uh, you guys go dip your toe, and there's all kinds of incredible creators out there um, that have different messages, guys. It's not just me. I want to hook up everybody I can, get everybody Uh, the best opportunity to find the messages they resonate with. So I love you guys. I'm going to see y'all tomorrow. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Annie, for being here. Happy Sunday. Thank you, Fancy Pants. Thank you for 74 Leathercraft. Thank you, Birds of Encouragement. Thank you, Shaman. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Gretchen, for being here. Stan, thanks for joining. Sorry, I missed a lot of comments on Facebook because they're so tiny. Um, Anyway, they're much bigger over here on TikTok. So Uh, anyway www.cubcooker.com for more spiritual resources. I've got my book club reading list over there uh, that kind of gives the core of everything I teach from. It has the Gnostic Gospels as well as all of the uh, Eastern classic uh, of uh, Indian faith over there. So uh, specifically the Bhagavad Gita, 
um, and several of the other um, books of faith uh, that are that are ancient, you know, that are beautiful, beautiful ancient systems of understanding. And I see so much of the essence of Christ in those teachings. It's just uh, mind blowing. And being here in the West, I I wish I had discovered them earlier. And I'm really, really glad to be able to take the common threads of all of this. And that's what you, we should all do, guys. Whenever you get a new set of data, uh, rather than running it against your system of doctrine and dogma in your life, and if you don't look at it that way, just your operating system of how you've built your life, rather than just doing that, you know, try to add it to your understanding and then take that thread, the common theme that runs through all of it, and you build a much bigger understanding, a lot less fear, a lot more love, a lot more I don't know, by the way. Um, and it takes a lot of that ego to kind of go away to open yourself up to this, but it's a beautiful place to be in guys. So, and I promise you, I do everything I do out of love and an authentic commitment to speaking the love of God into this world and the authentic message of Christ. So thank you guys for being here. Y'all have a beautiful day. I'm going to see you tomorrow. Uh, if you have any questions, hit me up on socials at Cub Cooker. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. I love you guys, and I will see you on the next one. Peace.